Hello, woman, and welcome to the Tribe of Wolves podcast. My name is Natalie, and I am your guide on this wild ride. It's my mission to share with you a little feminine badassery and a whole lot of love. Tribe of Wolves podcast is filled with real and raw conversations with me and with other real women who have stepped out of the struggle and into their wild feminine power. Through our conversations, we share juicy tools, tactics, practices that help the collective unearth this wild feminine power and go out into this mad world and push more love. You will hear real, raw, and powerful stories and the occasional F-bomb. So if you've got littles around, headphones are often required. It is our mission at Tribe of Wolves to ignite the women around us so we can go out into the mad world and create a lasting ripple effect of love, light, and awesomeness. Let's get going. The world needs us. Dearest Tribe of Wolves, what you are about to hear is a conversation between two women. We go deep and real and raw about what it means to truly love our bodies and what's possible when we learn to fully accept ourselves as we are in this moment, no matter our shape, our size, our wrinkles, every ounce of ourselves. This is a conversation between me and Libby Bunton, a woman who runs in the same circle as I do the same kind of feminine leadership circles. But we didn't know each other well. We had never had a one-on-one conversation. And then she posted something on her Facebook feed on July 15th that had my heart singing and crying at the same time that had me howling into the ethers. And I knew at that moment that I just needed to talk to her. I needed to get her on the phone and learn more about her and about her journey. Libby has recently become a model, a plus size model. I hate that fucking term. And she is going through this radical unwinding and learning what it means to love herself. I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Um, I love Libby so much. She is a massive igniter on my own journey. So give a listen. Let me know what you think. I can't wait to hear from you. All right. Peace out. Here we go. Welcome, Tribe of Wolves, to this delicious conversation. Um, We are about to have myself and Libby Bunton. Um, who has recently woven her way into my life. Um, we, we hang in the same circles, but it was like we were, you know, maybe orbiting around and hadn't quite caught up to each other yet. Mm. And I follow you on favor friends on Facebook. And I saw a post of yours on July 15th, like, two and a half weeks ago, which like literally I had like a a feeling in my body when I read your post 
and a message from the fucking divine that said, you must, you must immediately reach out to this woman and, and crawl into her brain and her heart and figure out what the fuck is going on here because it was just so good. So I'm just going to start by reading your post. So everyone can kind of start at the juicy nugget that I started at. So first of all, it's an image of you at a photo shoot. I mean, a group of women who are in um, another goddess's uh, clothing line called skin. Right. Right. Um, And it's like comfortable. Is it lingerie or it's like, beautiful, cozy, like loungy wear. Mm-hmm. It's women of all sizes, shapes, ages, colors. It's like this beautiful image of sisterhood in everything, in, in everything it means to me. So this is what your post said. Ever feel like your body doesn't belong? Like your beauty cannot be celebrated until you quote unquote, fix this or lose that. Like the way you look is not digestible to the public. Okay, I'm going to keep reading, but I just got chills reading that. Okay, sorry. Um, We are taught to compare, separate, shrink, cut down, package, contort, scrutinize, disappear. This causes anxiety, depression, and isolating behaviors when lived over time. Sisterhood and celebration of ourselves exactly as we are, are necessary to unwind around this toxic programming. To have been photographed in anything showing my legs was off the table my entire life. I made sure of it so much that I hadn't worn a pair of shorts in public since I was a child. And I would have sooner walked into traffic than be photographed next to women with more acceptable and mainstream standard of beauty than my own. I would have cried for days even seeing this photo and promptly spiraled into my body torture behaviors. But sisterhood and celebration of myself just as I am has been the light that has overcome that darkness. Without each other, we are controlled, denied, and unwell. We can do this. Let's have each other's backs, okay? All right. There's so fucking much there. Um, I mean, it's like, I want to go through every line of your post, but that was it for me. Um, Because I circle with women, we circle with women regularly. And like, this is the theme, right? We have learned not to love ourselves. So I want to bring it, I guess, back to you, Libby. And like, I want to hear about your journey and where you were and where you are today. And maybe like some of the nuggets along the way that like helped you in this kind of expansion and, and learning to love yourself. First of all, Natalie, something happened hearing another woman read that back to me as though like it sounded like your own and um, it made me cry and gave me chills hearing it 
through your voice and knowing that you have a similar thread in your lived experience being in a fucking woman's body on planet earth right now. Yes. So um, thank you for reading that to me because I told you like I, I straight up blackout. I've talked about this on other podcasts, <clears throat> excuse me. I pretty much black out when that stuff comes through. And I know part of it is because I'm so, I have an intellectual part of myself that's so skilled at taking me out of my body when, when important stuff comes through. So honestly, just having the opportunity to hear you read that back to me with your like different emphasis and tones on different things, like was really quite an experience for me, you know? even just having like one woman resonate with it is, I mean, I think that this post is like every woman on the fucking planet Mm. could read this post and, and feel like, and, and, and and like we, I could have written this myself. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, this is every woman's story. It is. It is. It sadly is. And, um, you know, there's so many places where you could start. Yeah, I want to start with you. I want to start with you and like your journey. And like, you know, you talk a little bit about like alchemizing your darkness and in some other posts that I've read, like what, what has gotten you from this, this person who wasn't wearing shorts to being a full embodied woman. And I know, believe me, as a woman, it's not an everyday thing where we wake up in the morning and we're like, wow, I'm beautiful. Cause that's more fucking patriarchal bullshit telling us that we're like the same, we need to be the same every day. Right. But like, what, what's your journey been like, I guess would be the question. Well, everything you just said is so true. Like the terrain is constantly changing. And sometimes it's minute by minute. Like sometimes I'm fucking army crawling through this shit. And other times I feel like I'm, I I know I'm like, get me bro. And other times I'm, you know, in a space of freedom and, and embodiment. And so I guess I'll start with, uh, I have, you know, a sexual trauma history. I'm writing a book right now, which I'm, we don't need to talk about, but I will say. Oh, we do. (laughs) (laughs) About body shame and and how I got here and what I'm doing to unwind around it. And um, it's in this somatic writing program that's incredible. It's called yogic writing. And it's so, it's so, um, perfect and irritating that the only way for me to write this book is through my body, Mm. not through Mm. my intellect. Mm. I mean, my intellect tries to take over, but nothing comes through. And because of my trauma history and like cultural programming around my body, our bodies being wrong, no matter what the size shape standard, I mean, it's like an ever elusive, constantly conflicting expectation. Yes. Um, it's, it's like such a process to get in there and write this stuff. So I've been kind of working backwards and what happened was, and this is like, 
I'm going to give a little bit of a spoiler, but not too much because it is the beginning of the book. But I was basically told by a doctor that I needed to lose a bunch of weight if I wanted to have a baby without having any sort of hormone testing, without having any, without having even tried to have a baby. Um, it was really something else. And so that spurred like a huge, yeah. Yeah, I'm not speaking. And so the people listening don't, can't see my face or my jaw dropping, but it's a kind of like a, what the actual fuck. What the actual fuck is right. I mean, that is how, well, for now, how the cook, the book kicks off and I work backwards from there. And what, there's so many things in here around like how medical professionals are trained. And this is a doctor I absolutely adore. I really do. We're like very close and I'm able to see her, Monica calls it the trance of unworthiness, our friend, Monica yes. Rogers. Yes. Um, I was able to see her trance, like looking back on this, but what happened was, is this happened. I came completely fucking undone. I was really triggered and traumatized. I want to cry just even telling you the story about it. And I promptly went into the body torture stuff of, okay, I need to lose this weight. I can't have a baby. Like what my body is designed to do cannot happen because I don't fit. Yeah. You're wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. And it didn't even occur to me until several months later. Like that's the crazy shit about how intense the trance of unworthiness is around our bodies is that I didn't, I went just like straight into soldier mode around. How am I going to lose weight? Yeah. Got to lose weight. Got at all costs. Can't have a baby. If I, and then all of a sudden one day, um, well, it wasn't really all of a sudden it was after a series of a lot of things came into my sphere. I was like, wait a second. There, we didn't have any, she didn't like, first of all, she didn't ask me how much my husband weighs, which I know I'm housing the child, but like, give me a solid gold fucking break there. Like (laughs) nothing about his lifestyle came into question. And it's all you girl. It's all on me. It's all on me. And like, uh, there's so many things here, but I realized, wait a second. She didn't, we didn't have a conversation other than you need to lose this weight. And in, you know, in her defense, I, I came in feeling very frustrated about my weight because I have been having like some troubles and it turns out I do have some hormonal stuff. And I mean, it sent me down this rabbit hole of crazy stress, anxiety, fucked up trauma, you know, and turns out you can't heal anything, which I believe if you're like releasing weight, that's like burdening your body in any way. You can't, that's a healing process and you can't fucking heal when you're stressed out, triggered, anxious, and traumatized. Thank you. And I was completely perpetuating that every day down this rabbit hole of the body torture stuff. So that's where this, the kicking off point of the working backwards goes. So I don't know if there's anything you want to say before I like go back to the beginning of. No, I mean, I, I think it's fascinating when you were talking about your doctor and like her, the trance she's under. And this idea that it's not individual, it's collective and dismantling ourselves from the system is, is hard work. It's not about, I mean, it starts within ourselves, but 
in order for any of us to thrive, we all need to be doing this work. It's like the, the women around us are perpetuating these myths mm-hmm. right? that we're not that we're not perfect as we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just you know, I see like, I have a visual of like, you know, it's like one woman rises, but you know, we need to be teaching and pulling the women around us. And your doctor was, was taught within this patriarchal system. I mean, the whole system's based on Mm -hmm. this idea. Um, so I'll let you continue now. That was my, (laughs) (laughs) no, I love that. It's so true. And like, I always like to clarify patriarchy. It's a system where men primarily hold the power and the influence of this type of stuff and women are mostly excluded from it. So like, because it's not this like man hating thing. Like I think we can't say that enough. Like, yeah, it's really important. And I I prefaced it with that because what I want to share is something, I think I heard it from Megan Joe or someone, but who's another woman in our circle. For those of you who are listening, she's incredible. Uh, And she's said something along the lines of the patriarchy doesn't uphold unless we stand under and hold it up. Like we have to, what you were just saying, like one woman at a time say, no, we're not having that conversation anymore. We're having this one. Yes. So um, yeah. And And I do have a conversation to have with her that I, with my doctor that I haven't had yet. And I will, because I, I believe that it will impact her and that she will be open to hearing it because I know how she, how she is and who she is. So that happened, (laughs) went down the, the rabbit hole of body torture behaviors, um, like, you know, borderline starvation stuff, and then crash and burn, um, constant obsessing about, you know, steps and calorie counting and this whole like ridiculous idea of calories in calories out, because just like a side note, calories are not created equal. And they're also measured in a lab and not against how they're metabolized. I'm learning so much about this stuff through some books I'm reading. So it's just fucking insane. Yes. It's It's so insane. insane. And none of it takes into account how we feel. Mm Mm-hmm right? Like how we feel. I've gone down the, the diet rabbit hole where it's like, you know, I can't have fucking sugar and I shouldn't be eating. Like I eat like two balls of mozzarella a day. I'm fucking Italian. Like (laughs) that's what I eat. Like I eat fat and dairy and you know, everything, you know, coming up to a couple of years ago was telling me that was wrong. I was like starving myself of pleasure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because someone was telling me that was the wrong way to get the body I wanted. Right. I wanted to lose body fat. I couldn't eat the mozzarella anymore. Now I give all those people a big fuck you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I went, I love that it's so true. And it just points back to what I said about how you can't heal a wound when you're stressed out, triggered, anxious, and fucking traumatized. Because think about what you just said, like your soul craves the pleasure of something that is like, sounds to me ancestral to you. Yes. You know, and we're fucking fighting it the whole way. (laughs) And we're at war with ourselves and our desires and our pleasure. And it just, that that's not going to get us anywhere, but more suffering. So 
Um, yeah, so I went down the rabbit hole. I pursued other, you know, supports around getting this weight thing situated. And the, and like I said, I, it just didn't even occur to me that this is not nothing. My fertility is not an issue. Like that's not an issue. Like this is what blew my fucking mind when I realized it. I was like, wait a second. Wait, a, like my family like sneezes and gets pregnant, you know, but yes. this was after spiraling for months and torturing myself. So then I got invited into the book program. I heard a TED talk by a plus model who's an influencer who I'm obsessed with. Yes. Um, that shifted some things. And I also sponsored an event that I had no idea was, I was like, oh yeah, I'd love to sponsor one of your events. And it turns out it was about plus women and having babies. And oh, wait, wait, wait. I had no literally no idea until okay. I logged wait, on. Pause, pause right there. <laughs> this okay, this is how we tell we've talked about this before, like in a conversation before. Like this is how the fucking universe works. Like when you begin to walk your path, you know, I call it like the path of your wild, like mm. this fucking message, Libby. Like you you're handed you're handed the stuff to propel you forward. So yeah. Okay. Thank you. Universe. You're, you, you. Universe, all the goddesses I needed came into the path. And so these, all these things are unfolding. I get started into the writing program. I'm terrified. I have a lot of stuff around my thyroid, which is my naturopath talks about directly related to stifling your voice, yeah. not speaking up. Yeah. Um, trauma related things like that. Uh, so anyway, I'm terrified. I call it turned on terror. I think I told you I use that term terrified and turned on to be in this writing program. And so she weaves in this yoga somatic aspect to unlock stories that she believes are locked in our tissue because mm. I mean, you know, this like oh, our yes. <laughs> mama Gina always says our bodies are like where the divine meets the earth. So we are the portals of like creation and wisdom and life and things like that. So she has this program that weaves these things together. Now I started in this and it all just came like spilling out. And so we had our first retreat and by our second retreat, we were supposed to decide what our project, if we wanted to have a focus for our project for the writing program, I very much fought having it be about the body stuff and body shame. I came to the editors with like a few ideas and just then something took over and I started talking about all the body shame stuff and they were like staring at me, mouths hanging open. They were like, you have to write that book. Mm. So I put the stake in the ground. Um, I'm going to write about this. And then I get the message asking me to model an international loungewear line in New York city, which brings us back to the kicking off point of this, this conversation. And I was like, this is a cosmic joke. E well, yes. <laughs> I mean, this is how we know. Yeah. Right. This is how we know. Mm. when we are constantly, when we slow down, mm -hmm. right. And we pay attention to 
these messages we're receiving. Like the minute you stepped into this thing that you said was, what's your term um, uh, for being afraid? Yeah. You're turned on terror. Like you're so, it's like the things we're so fucking afraid of. We need to lean into. Mm. Yeah. They direct us. They direct us. So you're at this, I mean, so this is like such a short period of time. It is. It was probably between the conversation with my doctor and the photo shoot was less than a year, I believe. You're like on the fast track. I am on the fast track. Thank you for saying that because sometimes it feels like the never ending story. Like I've, (laughs) because it's been for as long as I can remember. Yes. Um, and I've, well, we can talk about that, but I've, I've backtracked, you know, I've been reconstructing kind of a timeline of where this all started and it was sexual trauma as a child. Mm -hmm. Uh, and when I learned that being in my body wasn't safe, when I learned how to leave my body to protect myself, um, what I later uncovered is how I learned to overeat, to put off predators, um, perpetrators, and like just pad myself with armor because the story playing in the background was if you are um, free in ownership of your beauty and your freedom and you fit this this body type you are not safe turns out nobody's really safe (laughs) you know women are not safe in general it doesn't matter and i had a very strong subconscious belief that i was protecting myself and my conscious was constantly at odds with that of i want to feel better and be free and be in my body so you can see like i I really always, I don't see myself like, you know, I just said this the other day to someone like, I'm not a victim. Like, yes, of course, there's like a victim aspect when you're perpetrated, but like in this dance, I'm not a victim. It's just, I was so bought in to like subconsciously bought into the, the crazy, crazy fucking ideal about women's bodies and a whole bunch of craziness ensued with, you know, um, chasing sexual attention, chasing, you know, physical validation, um, eating disorder stuff, like crazy, crazy stuff that unfolded over the time. And, you know, it's, it's so common. It's so common, but yeah, the kicking off point I realized of when I was leaving my body was then, unless there's something else I don't remember before that, which is possible. You bring up this, like, let's talk about trauma for a minute. So, you know, you are talking about like a a very significant, you know, what, you know, Dr. Valerie rain would call like a big T trauma, right? Yes. Sexual abuse or, you know, is, is a big T trauma and, but not, not all women have experienced that right? But we have these like small T traumas, right? Just, just living in a world that 
is showing us this beauty ideal, mm-hmm. what it means to be beautiful. Like we don't actually, many women don't understand this. And I'm just beginning to unravel it myself yeah. for myself and my teenage daughters mm-hmm. that being a woman is fucking traumatic. It is like being a woman and trying to move through the world and have this ideal of what it means, you know, what, a, what a beautiful woman is, 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 is trauma. Mm-hmm. And you talked about it being stored in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and it's also, I'm thinking about the big T trauma concept. I used to work, I used to be a clinical therapist. So I'm like, I totally oh, right. love yeah. to geek out on the trauma stuff. Yes. So there's the big T traumas that we go through. And I, I remember to point to what you were saying about like, not every woman's been sexually assaulted and, um, many have, uh, but the whole idea of like trauma is really relative to, you know, I used to say to my clients, like, don't discount your struggle. If you feel like your trauma, isn't big enough. Like there's so many traumas that we don't even acknowledge people hear trauma. They think, well, I wasn't raped. I wasn't uh, stabbed. I wasn't, you know, things like that. But also what you're saying too, is like what I've kind of tracked over the reconstructing the timeline around this work that I'm doing with myself and with my body is micro assault after micro assault after assault on our um, self image and our worthiness. And we're not in my experience, I was not taught to have, I always imagine it like we have a dial inside of us that is our worthiness and our innate value and the dial turns. And we're not taught that nobody else's hand goes on the dial. Mm -hmm. Only my hand gets to go on that dial. And I, I mean, it took me a long time to realize and believe until in, in the past two years, maybe three, to believe that I have value simply because I exist. I don't have to perform a certain thing. I don't have to get a certain grade. I don't have to weigh a certain number. Um, and specifically about the body thing, like I've talked about, I had this idea of like our weight as currency. Like we're trained to have, feel yes. like our weight is this currency, this number that's constantly fluctuating currency for love, currency for worthiness, currency for pleasure, currency for, you know, wearing a fucking bathing suit. Thank you. That, uh, okay. I'm going to hold, I mean, I'm going to hold that image of the dial. I I'm taking that as my own. Mm. Thank you so much. I mean, we, I see it. I see it in my teenage girls. Um, God, I'm so emotional today. I have my period and I'm like super like, I love that super fucking emotional. But um, Like having teenage girls and trying to shift their perception of like what it means to be beautiful and like self-love. I, you know, this like selfie culture, right. Where it's like, 
my girls were telling me recently that there's an, of course I'm a fucking idiot. So I don't know this shit. I'm, I'm not like doing that. You're <laughs> so like paying close enough attention to what my kids are doing, but like, apparently, um, you know, my girl, my, one of my daughters was showing me a picture of someone and she was like, mom, like, look at, look at her bum, her bum. So round her bum. So wow. Like, look, look at how beautiful she is. And, and then my older daughter who's like a year older was like, that's a fucking filter. Like you, you can get filters to make your lips bigger and your ass rounder and your wrinkles go away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Okay. I mean, I know about like the simple Instagram filters to make like trees look green, but I didn't know there was one to make your ass look rounder. And so it just brings, brings up for me this, this power that we have as like women, you know, my age, I'm 45 as a a leader to this younger generation. It's like, if we don't it's a ripple effect, right? If we don't do this work of kind of dismantling from the patriarchy, like saying fuck no to the media that we're fed, like what what are we passing on to the women behind us? What are we showing them? Um, you know, I watch my mother who's 74, um, you know, talk about how fat she is. Hmm. and it fucking breaks my heart i mean i've had to actually say like we can't no stop yeah we're not doing it like the box stops here yeah yeah we're not passing i don't want my daughters to hear you and even now my daughters are saying like you know their grandmother speaks unkindly to herself Mm -hmm. yeah so i Sorry, the the whole thing with like thinking about my girls really like washed over me for a minute. I'm so glad. I mean, hearing this is the thing is like we don't have these conversations and we certainly don't have them publicly. And typically in my experience is we're having them in private circles that not every woman has access to. So I think it's great. I'm so like it's I had this. Um image of like the generations, you know, your mom, you and your daughters, and then well beyond that. I don't know if you've ever read Women, Food and God by Janine Roth, but if you haven't. Women, Food and God. Women, Food and God by Janine Roth. And I'm going to butcher it because she is just a brilliant writer. She's hilarious. She's just, just read everything she's written. (laughs) It reminded me of this. She's and it's my favorite passage in the book and I'm not, I'm not going to do it justice, but basically she says that we are blueprinted for um, this transgenerational trauma around our bodies and food as women. And it is, she gives this idea of if that is the case, which we know it is to be true, like it's evidence-based then we're judging our value, our size, our beauty based on the belief system of someone who is no longer alive and who we never met. Oh. That lived in a time that has nothing to do with this. Whoa. And it made me like, I thought of that while you were describing that, you know, like just seeing the line of women. Yes, yes. 
and like what we and we have the power to do things differently mm-hmm. so that to heal future generations mm-hmm. so that brings me i guess to the question like what like for the women who are listening and i'm thinking of like as a particular like few women in that I, that I know who are like struggling with body image stuff right now. Like if, if, what would you say to them to start their journey? What would be something they could do to get them back into loving their bodies? I mean, you talk a lot about sisterhood. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, like we were talking about before, sometimes the terrain is ever changing inside my mind and we're, you know, army crawling and then flying and then dancing and then dangling over a cliff. And sometimes it's just minute by minute. And I will absolutely, number one, start with sisterhood. People might hear that term and think, oh, that's corny or what does that even mean? I have sisters, I have friends I grew up with. Yes. Um, It's a very specific container of women that you can find if you do your research. And if you have questions about it, I know you could read out, reach out to Natalie or myself, and we could point you in the direction of some places to find this where women, the women in the, in the space are committed to no longer having the conversation where we're trained to cut ourselves and each other down, no longer talking about, you know, size as value, no longer talking about productivity above pleasure and things like that, and really committing and holding each other accountable to the other conversation of my pleasure is the path to my freedom, my approving of my body, me approving of my body is the only way out, the only way through, the only way out. And that requires a sisterhood to practice in because like right now I'm wearing a shirt that's like a crop top tied up that says take up space and I can show you and you're going to celebrate me and you're going to like fan the flames of my approval and you know and when I was walking down the street with my dog earlier there was a line of traffic and the dialogue was I'm doing it. I'm wearing it. My belly's showing. Oh my God. Somebody's going to yell at me out the window. They're going to hit me with their car. Like real yeah. death thoughts. Yes. Yes. So it's just like constantly being like, oh yeah, I approve of this. I approve of this. I approve of this. So it's, finding tough, a system, right? work. It, it's daily fucking work. It's like minute to minute work to dismantle this shit. Mm-hmm. And I would agree with you, Libby, that like, I when I, I mean, Megan Joe, come on. I know. Right. I mean, she's, she's completely influenced every cell in my body in every corner of my life. Yes. She's a fucking magician of love and pleasure and gooeyness. And that's, yeah, sisterhood. I mean, that's where everything shifted for me. When it was like, even 
in our darkest moments, like you say, the fucking army crawl through the swamp, feeling like shit, snotting and crying and feeling like you can't go on when you have your sisters there to hold you in that. And you talk about like alchemizing it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the alchemizing. So to kind of like lead down the thread, the sisterhood piece, and then the alchemy is another, you know, nugget I would give, I guess, is allowing sacred space for your dark feelings. We're taught, I mean, this is like Mama Gina stuff, you know, we're taught that our anger makes us crazy bitches, our sadness makes us a mess, our, you know, rage is terrifying, which it is, (laughs) Greg. love my rage my rage i'm still recovering from the rage photo shoot my voice is still like raspy and i'm kind of into it but so hot we're taught thank you we're taught that like to stuff those things and they live in our body they live in ourselves and i will never forget when i went to mama gina's experience weekend in new york which i believe you were at too and i didn't know you then the space together creating unknowingly but she spent like the first hour or two of the first day like laying out this whole historical context of how this shit is making women have more disease more heart issues more mental health issues and it's all scientific evidence this is not you know woo woo shit I'm here for the woo woo as well but like it was undeniable in black and white in front of my eyeballs I cried for a week when I came home, a week straight, like 24 hours a day when I came home, because I was like, it was like somebody held my life up in front of me. Like I was watching in terror as she told all of this. And then I was like, that is me. That is me. I have been making myself sick and I couldn't, I actually couldn't go on any longer. And that's when I enrolled in Megan Joe's program. And anyway, my the tip would be like the alchemy comes through allowing your rage, allowing your grief. I hear so many women say when I, they're like, you did a rage photo shoot. Oh my God. Like you're so brave. Like I could never do that. Blah, blah, blah. I, my grief, whatever they're afraid. This is what I've heard from literally thousands of women at this point that once they start to tap into it, that it won't ever end. Like there's not a way (laughs) there's not like a, but, but isn't that, isn't that evidence? Exactly. I mean, I'm afraid if you spike the fucking well, it won't stop because I'm so fucking angry. Mm-hmm. And it may never stop. And right. in yeah. the right sisterhood, you can create like a, there are practices you can use to move into and through your dark stuff, yes. your grief, your rage, um, and like alchemize it into, you know, hot sexual energy, sensuality, joy, flirtation, creation. Yes. Um, and so that piece of allowing space for your darkness without people trying to comfort, fix, or pacify. Yeah, do not fucking try to fix me. Do not try to fix not me. You in the face. <laughs> That's how we got here is like, yes, we're trying to, to pacify. Fix. Yeah. Like yeah. the moment we come out of that womb, it's like, Shh, oh no, 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 put this in your mouth. Like, don't, yes. you know. Yes. Um, and it's it's fucking energy, Libby. Like yeah. I'm a 
freaking science junkie. So it's like, I think of all this stuff as like a frequency of energy. Like it's the story we attach to the rage, right? Like the rage is wrong or we should be a certain way or the rage means I'm fucking crazy. No, it's energy in my body that needs to be expressed. And the longer I tamp it down, I'm like a boiling pot of pasta water. You know, it's like the lid just can't stay on anymore. Yes. Yeah. And we need to, we need to let it out. We need to explore all of our emotions, welcome them in, welcome in the threats, like in those containers of sisterhood. And like, I think like bridging it back to our bodies is like, our bodies are our fucking temples. They're how we move through our world. Like mama Gina says, they're the connection between the divine and fucking mother earth. Mm-hmm. So and we're living in them. Mm-hmm. And we're holding, we're like poisoning ourselves. It's uh, Megan Joe actually always gives this like metaphor for trying to hold a beach ball under the water, under the surface yeah. of the water. And you're trying to hold it. What happens eventually when your arms get tired is the beach ball flies up in the air and it's like, ah, you're trying to catch the ball and it's flying and you don't know where it went. Yeah. Um, our bodies are not designed, you know, in our divine design to hold that sickness in the tissue, but they're smart enough that they will like this, you know, and to just one point I want to say, because I am a psych geek is that I know for a fact, after studying psychology and being a therapist that trust me, the women who are listening to this, who, who think, you know, I'm terrified of my rage and my grief, and this is resonating. Your system actually won't allow you to do more than you can. Like might feel bottomless, but you have parts of you that will come in and Mm. take you out of it. They're like manager, firefighter parts of yourself that are like, okay, this is enough. So I just wanted to throw that in there for anyone listening. Who's like, I know sometimes I hear conversations about this stuff and I get super turned on and I'm like, oh my God, it's like, they're tough. They're, they're reading my mind. And we think, oh, but I couldn't, like, I couldn't actually do that because I would be the one who gets checked into the hospital and maybe you do, I don't know, but like, maybe you, need a break. maybe you need a friggin' break or I would be the one who never came out of my rage. Like your system is designed to, to, uh, regulate it. So, yeah. you know, I, tr- I trust my body to regulate it. So I wanted to just like give that to everyone, but yeah, the, the other thing I would say back to what you were saying about alchemy in the body and the, yes. the space for the dark feelings is moving your body. Mm. I mean, I know you took a dance break before this and yeah. so did I. And again, people are like, oh yeah, right. Like that's going to work. That's so corny. I don't want to do it. If you don't want to do it and it pisses you off that we're saying it, do it even more. You've got your compass pointing straight at your work, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Okay. I'm going to look at my notes for one minute okay. because I'm like, oh my God, what did I even do that? I don't want to like miss anything, even though we, I mean, of course we didn't miss have, it. No, yeah. I mean, we're, um, oh, one other thing I want to say, or I want to ask you about before, well, two things before we stop, but, um, I just want to talk about what happens when we don't honor our bodies or, um, when we are disconnected from ourselves and this idea that 
that, you know, when we are kind of hating on ourselves, you know, what I kind of see as the end game is this, you know, what our goddess friend, Megan Joe would say, like playing small, yeah. right? Like we play small. So it's not just about our bodies is about how we then move through the world and show up like less is actually possible for us. Mm-hmm. We, we experience less our lives are smaller when we don't learn how to love these vessels that we have been gifted. Oh yeah. I mean, I have like a legitimate, perfect example of this from yeah. my real life. Um, and Megan Joe always says your body's not just a head carrying device. Like we mm-hmm. act like our, what our thoughts are and our beliefs are not impacting our body, but hello, it's like saying that lighting a tree on fire won't affect the tree. Like, I don't, this doesn't make any sense. And we're so, and I'm saying we, because I, I've talked to thousands of women at this point and it all over the world, countries all over the world. And they're all saying, oh my gosh, I thought this was just me or just in my country. No, Mm -hmm. it's everywhere. Um, but this, so what happened was, is I was, I actually just wrote something yesterday in a post about how this, like, you know, training to look good, like training to produce and look good doing it. Like I was the person who I learned at a very young age to stay safe. I would try to get good grades, which I did. I always got good grades. I, you know, would constantly like want, feel like if I performed, I would be safer. Mm. And so that carried over into adulthood. (laughs) And I was the person who was, looked like I had all the plates perfectly spinning with my makeup done and my hair done and smiling with like through gritty. I'm I'm just great. Like meanwhile, back at the ranch, you know, chain smoking and pounding cheap wine or whatever to stop myself from eating. Yeah. Or even just, um, you know, juggling all the things and not getting the results I wanted. So what happened was, is I was, I had started my business and, uh, I had hit a wall. Like I, I kind of flew and then I hit a wall my mom passed away in a very traumatic way. She committed suicide and it was all very traumatic. And so I, I flew and then I stopped and the lid was all of this stuff. I call it the lid, like the lid over me that was blocking my head through breaking through the lid was all of this stuff we're talking about, like trying to package myself, trying to produce juggle hop on one foot, you know, and smile and like, never look a mess and never. And I was so fucking exhausted. And every, it was like my, the people I do business with were like, I said to them, I was like, it's, it's like awkward that I'm still stuck against this wall because I do everything in leadership with all of you. And like, everybody was like, yeah, we're just like waiting for you to realize how amazing you are. But Uh, I I look back at pictures and like, I was dressing like I was covering myself and wearing all these like clothes. Business clothes. (laughs) Like horrible, 
like, you know, saintly clothes for <laughs> the saint and nothing in between. Right. Um, right. So then I met Megan Joe. She invited me to the mama Gina thing. And after four and a half years of butting up against this wall, and I'm telling you this because you specifically talked about like how these things hold back, hold us back in very real concrete outcomes, like goals and financial stuff. My, when I started doing this work around self-approval in sisterhood, allowing space for my darkness, celebrating my body, forcing myself to take dance breaks with other women watching me. Yes. My, in, in eight weeks, my business grew 300%. <laughs> So if that's not evidence for self-approval. I don't know what is. I was trying to do it. I was trying to package myself to look, behave, and produce like I had been trained to. And I had a belief that my body, because I've always been plus size, (laughs) that my body was wrong for, plot twist, I work in the beauty industry, that my body was wrong for- (sighs) Ouch. So like, how dare I be that visible? Yeah. And I don't look like I'm told I should. Right. So can we fucking stop calling it plus size? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, gold standard, we're, we're calling it the gold standard I, now. What the fuck? Like, this is like, when are we going to stop that bullshit? I mean, we pathologize everything. It's like, everything it has to have a diagnosis and a fucking uh, right I appreciate you saying that and like this is the thing there's so much tension around conversations about stuff like this like for example one thing I'm trying to illustrate in the book is like just because I'm writing about this doesn't mean I don't have goals around weight that I want to release I know a huge amount of it is a wound yes thinking I need to protect myself. Like it's still, even though I can intellectually say to you, I know I'm safe. Yeah. My four-year-old who was sexually abused is running this show still sometimes. Yes. So you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's, it's a journey, right? So you're, it's like, it feels like you're at the beginning of it. It's like, you've cracked the nut Mm -hmm. and now it's like, you got to crawl in and keep doing the work. Right. Right. And it's like the conversation is not ever going to be clear. Like I don't believe beauty and size are mutually exclusive. I also don't believe that it's wrong for me to have a desire to release some of this shit. You know, like it's not about like losing weight. I say in air quotes, it's about healing a trauma that I believe I'm unsafe in my body unless I keep it like in yes. the not attractive state that culture tells me. Yes. Yes. I think that's the key is that it's not about losing the weight. It's about healing the trauma and just feeling good in your body. And once you begin to unpack it and heal the trauma, I mean, the healing happens in the body, mm-hmm. right? And then we trust what's next. Right. And what, and I just did a thing with Megan Joe and she this this thing came up of what you know 
what if I was given this body for this very reason? Like, yes. you know, and I had kind of toyed with that idea when I heard the TED talk I mentioned earlier by Sarah Hamill Smith. I highly recommend every woman on the planet yes. watch it. Um, where I realized that my size that I've been most of my adult life is considered the gold standard of yeah. modeling for, for this size range. I will put that link in the, in the show notes. I, I mean, the, you sent it to me and I was like, and then I sent it to everyone I knew. Exactly. And I oh. was like, I've been trying to undo the gold standard yeah. of my body yes. for my entire life. Yeah. And so many women are right there, no matter your size, right? It's the wrinkles, it's the dark circles I got from my, you know, Italian grandmother. It's my nose that I've been, you know, someone told me I was big. It was big in high school. And ever since then, I've been like, mm -hmm. the first thing people see is my nose. Yeah. Uh, it's freaking brutal. So I want to, uh, we've, I could talk to you for fucking ever and it's been an hour. And, um, so I want to ask you one last question and then we'll wrap up. So within tribe of wolves, you know, our like theme is that your wildness is your divinity. Like the reason you're here, it's just like core, your message comes from this place. So I would ask you, I'd like to ask you, Libby, like, what do you feel in this moment is, is your wildness or what does wildness mean to you? Oh, that is a good question. And I'm so glad I didn't prepare for it. because <laughs> I never, this is why I don't prepare for things like this anymore. I, mean, I try to, but like, it's this whole intellectual packaging shit that I'm like trying to release myself of wild to me. Um, I think what feminine is wild, you know, wild is feminine. And what I mean by that is like allowing, I am like chaos embodied. I make a fucking mess wherever I go. Like I leave the cabinets open. I yes. like, I say the thing that makes people either like really think, or they look at me like I have 72 heads. Well bragged. I love it. It's, it's. I think it's wild if we're talking about paradigms too, I think it's wild to approve of your body as a woman. Mm -hmm. I think it's wild to, I just got chills. It's wild to, to make pleasure the route. I believe wild is taking pleasure as the fastest route to your goal. Like whatever your outcome is, I talked to this, to a girlfriend about this. And she was like, well, I, I thought I had this timeline for July and now I've missed all these hikes I wanted to do. And I don't have the job I wanted. And da, da, da. I know she wouldn't mind me sharing this. And I said, so all those things you're saying you wanted to do in July and now you've missed July or June, maybe it was, I yeah. said, what if, if we know that being and feeling good, like being in our bodies and feeling good is the fastest way to get to that outcome point what if you just allowed yourself and approved of going to those yoga classes and doing the hiking and da, da, da. And I didn't even know what I was saying, honestly, but she came back to me a few weeks later and was like, that changed my entire outlook. And I've been having the best fucking time. And I believe that is wild. Yes. 
Uh, and fucking thank you for saying that. I, I would agree. I would a hundred percent agree that like finding pleasure in this fucking moment, like pleasure is the pathway, Mm -hmm. right? Pleasure is the pathway to getting to where we want to go because it needs to feel good in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always say, if you whip your back the whole way, you're going to whip your back when you get there. Like if you can't love yourself making $500 a month, you're not going to love yourself when you make $500,000 a month. It doesn't, it's, it's, it just doesn't work that way. And if you suffer the whole way, I mean, 98% of the, the walk is to the top of the mountain is unseen and uncelebrated. There's like 2% on the Vista. So if you suffer 98% of the time, what's like, the point? What's the fucking point? What's the fucking point? Yeah. So it's, that brings us back to the beginning, right? It's time to freaking love ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And be kind to ourselves in yeah. that. That is not what we're taught. It's going to take time to break that yeah. like self-loathing and, and whipping our backs. And, you know, what is loving myself? It's, it's rubbing my thighs that I've hated uh- life. It's how it's having this conversation, even though after we get off of the recording, I'm probably going to like shit my pants because I won't remember (laughs) what I said. We always say, shit, um, you know, you did something bold if you feel like you're going to be sick to your stomach, but you know, it's like saying the things and just, you know, trusting that you'll be okay. And, and being kind to yourself in that it is not what we're taught. So you don't have to be a hundred percent loving yourself. You just have to like, you just want to work to get 51%. So you're like outweighing the other stuff. I love that. I love that. It's like, get to 51% Mm -hmm. and go from there. I fucking adore you. And I can't wait to be in the same physical space with you. I know I'm going to like, really, I'm going to, I'm going to like, I'm going to bite you. Please bite me. I'm going to basically mount you and never let you go. Oh, good. I'll wear my good panties. (laughs) Perfect. I won't wear any as usual. (laughs) I love you so much. All right. I'm going to wrap this up for tribe of wolves. That was Libby Bunton. She's a fucking goddess. And, um, Whoa, what your book? When, when, when can we? Well, the goal is to have a shitty first draft by the end of November. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I'll have you back on when it's when it's available. That's exciting. Because I would be so honored. A tease, a tease of your voice, which is like so strong and fierce and also like gooey and loving and kind. And um I just, you're fucking amazing. And I'm so glad I saw that post. And like, I feel like this is just the beginning of something super fucking magical. I agree. Thank you so much for having me. This was like the best hour of my week. Yeah. Thank you. Me too. And I have to pee so bad. I'm like literally have my hand, like in my underwear, holding myself. (laughs) I know on that note. Um, Okay. So 
I'll, I'll end, I'll probably end the podcast right before I say that. <laughs> probably won't. I probably won't. So that was it, Tribal Wolves. I included all the funny bits. So you can really get a taste of what it's like for two women to just be fucking real. So let me know what you think. Hit me up in the comments below. Reach out to Libby to ask her more questions. Take it into your heart, this conversation. And just think, how can you learn to love yourself and love your body just a little bit more? And when you do, what is possible for you? All right, in sisterhood, love you madly. Bye. So are you ready to go really deep into this work? Are you ready to gather in community and heal? I've got a very special offer for you. I am hosting, along with my dearest friend, Molly Kittle and founder of Story, a three-day retreat in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. September 10th to 12th, 2021, we are inviting in 10, only 10 delicious women to our Howl Retreat. We will root down into our stories. We will reclaim our femininity and rise up in sisterhood. And it will be beautiful and luscious and juicy and delicious. And we want you there. If you're interested, email me, natalie at tribalwolves.org. Okay, I love you, Natalie. Seriously, I fucking do. Hey, you want to dive even deeper into your wild feminine power? Awesome. There are three different ways you can dive in. Number one, you can grab our free wild guide from the show notes below this episode. Number two, we would love to welcome you into our Facebook group. Access also in the show notes. This is where the magic happens when we do this work in community. So join us. And lastly, if you know you're ready to dive in, you know you're ready to unleash your wild and you want to go all the way this is what i do i guide women one-on-one into their wild on a daily if you want to learn more about working with me and my woman to woman program grab a free consult in the show notes below all right love you madly seriously fucking do